Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. everybody, Eddie Trunk here with you. Time for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday via podcastone.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for listening. And here we are all set for another week of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Uh, let's see a few things to get into at the top of the show. As usual, I'd like to give you a little overview of what's coming up, what's going on. Maybe some of my upcoming appearances as I travel around the country trying to connect with everybody and uh, say hello where and when I can. Various things coming up, including this Saturday, March 3rd, I will be in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom where I will be hosting a show with Slaughter. Hope to see you guys there. If you are in the Tulsa area, had many, many great times at this club. Expect this Saturday to be no exception and look forward to seeing everybody at the Slaughter Show in Tulsa at the IDL. Tickets are at Stubwire. And that's going out down uh, 8 o'clock this coming Saturday night, March 3rd. Then in New York City, I am hosting a record release party for a band called Crimshaw. That's on March 24th at Arlene's Grocery. And then doing a speaking show, something I have not done in a long time, a Q&A speaking show. That'll be happening in Englewood, Ohio, just outside of Dayton on April 7th. And that is at the Courtyard Lounge. Come on out. We'll get into some fun Q&A, taking your questions, your comments, and uh, have a good time doing that. L.A. Guns, IDL Ballroom, that's on April 13th. I'll be back in Tulsa to host that. April 22nd, I'm at Proof Rooftop Lounge in Houston, where I will host a show with Tom Kiefer. And also coming up on uh, May 25th, 26th, 27th, I'm at Rocklahoma, where I've hosted every year, getting ready to host that again, Memorial Weekend. If you go to eddytrunk.com, which is my website, you can enter to win tickets. Three-day general admission passes to Rocklahoma this year. One grand prize winner gets a reserved pair of tickets upgraded as well. And I stay in Tulsa a little longer on May 30th to host a striper show at the IDL Ballroom. If you missed anything, want more information, links to buy tickets, 
Again, it's all on eddytrunk.com. On my website, Music News is updated daily. You can uh, see my blog, which is The Trunk Report. You can email me through the site, eddie at eddytrunk.com. And copies of my books, either of my books, signed, personalized by me. Hit the Books tab on my site. Merchandise is there. There's a merch store. Lots you can do on eddytrunk.com. And if you become an all-access member of my site, you can hear my radio show on demand and a whole lot more as far as bonus content and more. So there you go. All on my website. Social media is at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So this week, I'm going to bring you some audio, once again, from interviews that I did on board the Monsters of Rock cruise a few weeks ago. I broadcast my daily Sirius XM show from the cruise each and every day. And last week, if you were listening to the podcast, we had Zach Wild on, which was from the studio. However, the interview that I did with Steve Harris that aired in last week's podcast, that was done from the cruise. During the time on the Monsters of Rock cruise, I had countless guests on. I'm trying to bring you some different moments from from that that cruise and some of the highlight interviews. And today I'm going to bring to you two different interviews with members of LA Guns. LA Guns to me are a band that unfortunately in a lot of ways are somewhat overlooked when we talk about sort of the great hard rock bands to come out of the 80s. Because they've had a lot of lineup changes. And they've had a lot of drama and a lot of dysfunction in their history. And I think that has hurt them significantly in terms of their standing in the music industry today. During the time that I was doing that metal show, we had warring factions of L.A. Guns on the air. I've had warring factions of the band on my radio show over the years. And... L.A. Guns are really one of the first bands to have had the whole two different bands using the same name phenomenon go on. Well, a couple years ago, all that changed when Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns, against all odds, decided to reconcile and come together again under the banner of just one L.A. Guns. And the casualty of that reunion was drummer Steve Riley who was the guy that Tracy claims he always had the the issue with. And Phil Lewis essentially sided with Tracy at this point, and Steve Riley, who has not been heard of since, has become sort of a casualty of this whole thing. But Tracy and Phil stayed together. They brought in Johnny Martin on bass, a young drummer by the name of Shane Fitzgibbons, And interestingly enough, the guy that had replaced Tracy Guns in Phil Lewis's version of the band, a younger guy by the name of Michael Grant, was retained for the reunion. And Tracy Guns talked about this and said that he thought what Michael was doing in that band was unique and different and thought he would be a good complement to stay in the band turned out to me to be a very smart move because it's a two guitar band now the dynamics are really cool and uh michael grant is is a hell of a performer and you know he's a little younger than the rest of the guys maybe brings in a little bit of a different crowd he he definitely is a, a future ahead of him i think 
So I thought it was a great move by L.A. Guns to retain him. Nice of Tracy to sort of check his ego and say, yeah, we should keep this guy. And it's worked brilliantly. And L.A. Guns have made a new album called The Missing Piece that was in my top two or three albums of last year. It's a really, really, really good record. It really is. And, you know, it's doing whatever any new record from an 80s-based rock band is going to do in today's day and age. It's not really selling. A few thousand copies, what have you, but that's what happens. Hopefully more people are exposed to it than record sales show, but that's not unusual. I mean, the record sales are in the dump. But it is a really good record, and I encourage you to check it out if you get a chance. And the band live is on fire. I think the L.A. Guns record, Phil Lewis told me, sold about 10, did he tell me 10,000 copies? Three, I don't know, 5,000 copies? I'm not sure. I mean, you think about back in the day, you sneezed and you sold a half a million. <laughs> you know, it's just a different world. But anyway, the album's real good. The band is on fire live. I've had a chance to see him many, many times. I'll see him again coming up soon. As I mentioned at that show in Tulsa. And on the Monsters of Rock cruise... Tracy and Phil came over and sat with me, and you'll hear that interview first. And then, as a bonus tag-on to round out the L.A. Guns podcast this week, Michael Grant joins me for a brief interview. And this came about, obviously, Tracy and Phil are the original founding members of the band that are in the lineup, so they're going to do the bulk of the interviews, and things are going to be centered around them. But Michael Grant's story, which I never knew because I I saw Michael Grant. I think I may have even seen the very first show he ever played as a member of L.A. Guns. And um, the day before we did this interview, I sat with him at the buffet on the cruise ship. And I never really knew his backstory. And we were sitting around having lunch and he was telling me this incredible backstory of his growing up in New York and being thrown out of school as a kid and then being relocated to the Philippines and then becoming a child acting star in the Philippines. It's a crazy story. And I said to him, I said, Michael, you, you should be telling this to me on the air. This is a great story. So I carved out 10, 15 minutes and you'll hear that second. And I encourage you to hear it. It really is a fascinating story. So that's what we have for you on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. L.A. Guns across the board. Founding members Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns at first. And then Michael Grant, the band's uh, second guitar player, also with a brand new interview, which I think you're really going to enjoy. And again, I, I think it's a great story that you guys should check out. Hey, make sure if you shop on Amazon, you start on my page, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Very easy. Go do all your shopping anywhere you want on Amazon. Check out the stuff that I handpicked, though, and always start bookmark that page, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Let's hit a break. We will come back, and we'll get into it with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns, an interview that originally aired on my daily show on Sirius XM 106 volume and comes to you from the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Coming up next. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. For instance, a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. 
Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a True Car certified dealer. When you're ready to buy, a new or used car. Check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Okay, a bit of a double dip this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Two different interviews, but members of the same band. We start with founding members of L.A. Guns, Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. As I mentioned, they have made a new album called The Missing Piece. That's a really, really good record, and they are currently out on tour playing some phenomenal live shows. Phil Lewis, really, in my opinion, one of the more underrated singers in rock history. The guy is now in his early 60s, and if you've seen them live, just belts it out with the best of them. Tracy Guns, same deal, very much an underrated guitar player as well, such a fine player. And if you get a chance to see him, like I said, you will uh, see all that. The band is just totally on fire right now. And hope you guys uh, enjoy this interview with Tracy and Phil. It took place on the Monsters of Rock cruise. My broadcast position was a little Irish pub on board the ship. We had a live audience in front of us. This happened live on my Sirius XM show on volume. So we go back to the cruise ship, Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis. And then after this, I got Michael Grant of LA Guns coming up as well on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Enjoy. Mr. Tracy Guns has walked in. Good hey. to see you, sir. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Tracy sent me the most ridiculous picture of his face during the lifeboat drill that I ever saw the other day as we got on the ship. But it's classic Tracy Guns. Good to see you, brother. Oh, good morning. Good morning, indeed. Yeah. And Mr. Phil Lewis, good Hello, to see Eddie. you, sir. How are you doing? Good to I'm be back. Very good. And uh, as I said, I've almost become... In the last, uh, I don't know, the last few months, an L.A. Guns groupie at this point. I've seen you guys We've so many times. We've seen a lot of you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like I've seen enough. Please uh, stay away, Eddie. Well, what's, what's up with your name tag on the bunk in the bus? <laughs> I just noticed that. Eddie Trunk, and nobody sleeps in there until you're around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But no, man, it's, uh, it's been amazing, and I, I've talked about it before. You guys have made an amazing record together, uh, The Missing Piece. And you've been touring, and I've seen probably a half a dozen shows at this point that you've performed together. Mm. It just keeps getting better. The Thank record you. is phenomenal. Uh, 
Phil, starting with you, I mean, we all know the, all the backstories leading up to this. No need to rehash that. But now that this has been happening. Oh, we hate each other, man. This, have you hate, you hate each other oh, now? Oh, God, that's why the record's so good. Is it imploding already? Are we falling apart already? <laughs> I, I, just, I just watched Almost Famous. I know how it works. The guy <laughs> says uh, something like, uh, oh, well, we have to hate each other because that's what the best you know combination is. Do, do, do tensions help? Do, do some, I mean, No. Some, <laughs> but some bands have made great records when they've been imploding at, at times. Yeah, but usually when those bands are imploding they're doing loads of great drugs so <laughs> there's a balance there for us we're just not drug kind of guys so when uh when we get frustrated with each other or you know there's other elements that come in that can we're having us. the time of our lives we're having a great time this is the first cruise we've done together yeah uh, that's true we, we've both done cruises but we've, we've never actually played one together uh we're going down to australia uh next month and we've never done that together either or yeah. new zealand so uh it's, you know, even though it's, uh, you know, we know each other, like we've done so much <laughs> together, there's still quite a lot that we haven't done, and, and it uh, definitely keeps it interesting. How is the chemistry working together different now than it was the last time around? I we, mean, we don't have, you know, we, here's the thing, you know, when the first record came out, we thought, we expected it was going to sell 10,000 copies, and it, and it ended up going gold, and uh, it just, just blew our minds. The ex- it just way exceeded our expectations. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the success can actually kind of work against you, you know, because before we knew it, we had like uh, business managers and accountants and publicists and a lot of people got involved and, and, and it made it, it, it took a lot of the fun out of it. You know, when we first started the band, when we, you know, first, it, it, we didn't have nothing, fuck all. And uh, it was fun. Well, the, I think another analogy too is like, <clears throat> Um, somehow in some realm, we are artistic people, you know, and and when you start having people just hanging on, you know, around it, uh, their opinions, you know, everybody's That's got opinions. That's right. Yeah, the publicist's wife doesn't like the second song on the record. Right. Like, <laughs> you so, know, yeah. that, that yeah. gets very frustrating. Yeah. Truly yeah. Spinal Tap. Uh-huh. It, 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 it yeah. Really, yeah, oh, yeah, it did. And uh, yeah. yeah, that made, uh, it was a challenge, made, made <laughs> being creative and. Yeah. keeping the vibe a challenge with all that going around you. Yeah. But but talking specifically about this record, because, listen, the reality is a lot of bands that have been around for a few decades, like L.A. Guns, they'll make a new record, and it'll be, oh, it's okay, it right. isn't what it used to be, well, it we, wasn't we what know, they... We, this record we is going really in, we, good, Yeah, man. we knew we weren't going to sell a million copies. You know, we, we, we're realistic about that, but it didn't stop us But from nobody making, does. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the great. fact that you were able to... After the years apart and everything that went on between the two of you and the different bands and all that, to come together creatively mm, yeah, and well, write you know, and make a record like this, I think is astonishing. It, it, you know, we did it for the right reasons. You know, uh, it wasn't the money. Nobody said, "Oh, I've got a shitload of money for you guys." If you, it, it just happened organically, naturally, and and through the music. Well, I think too, um, you know, a lot of artists don't pay attention to their engineers and producers as they're going through their careers. And when it ends up on your lap and you have to engineer and produce a record eventually, That's right. um, you should have learned a lot from the people that you worked with in those 30 years, let's say. And uh, that was the, the benefit of me not drinking or doing too much cocaine. You know, landing in my lap was a good thing because, you know, we worked with Andy Johns and Michael James Jackson. Yeah, he did a great job producing it, didn't you know. he? Tracy, Tracy yeah, amazing absolutely. Yeah, you know, totally. that was that was I was really impressed. I think it, every but, artist should produce their own yeah, stuff. Yeah. It'll sound how they want it. 
<laughs> but a lot of people can't. I mean, a lot of people don't know uh, what they're doing. I mean, you, you must have traced uh, over the years, taken the time with the producers you I have did, worked, yeah. like uh, Andy Johns or anybody mm -hmm. else, to, sure, to learn. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. learned a lot, You're right? supposed to learn. Yeah. That's what life's yeah, about. Course. You learn all this great stuff, then you die. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy you learned the most from as far as producing? Eddie Kramer. Yeah. And, and he was just there for a brief time. And then... Uh, Andy after, Johns, and then, of course. And then, and then, you know, the next in succession was was Andy and Michael James Jackson. And, you know, the greatest thing about Andy is Andy made up stories of how he did stuff great. So it was like, wow, really? And so you could try that. You go, no, you didn't. You know, but it I, depends but I, what time of the night. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but it was basically just kind of walking around the studio, you know, in the middle of the day and taking notes where mics are placed, what kind of microphones and things like that. And then, you know, a producer's real job is to hire experts to do everything. That's really what a producer's job is. You know, it's like making a movie. You know, the producer doesn't, generally write the, the movie you know um so i have a great phone book of people you know mixers and and mastering people and engineers and studios and and our band is loaded with crazy talent right now and um you know at the end of the day a great song you know and i think we wrote some good songs you, you talk about the <clears throat> writing the songs and them coming together talk about the process did you tracy some of the music that you wrote for this mm -hmm. record was some of it written prior to you knowing you were going to reunite with phil most of it was it uh, was yeah i i ha you know i been writing you know this is kind of like a first record again because uh, you know i was gone for 12 years in la guns so i would write stuff through the years and go oh that doesn't fit whatever i'm doing yeah. now you know stuff like that and then uh and then, you know, I did those other projects, and some of the, <clears throat> the other projects that I did, I would write music for, and the other guys would go, oh, that's horrible. I'd be like, cool, I'll just keep it for later. It's definitely the songs, you know, that, that uh, inspired me to uh, want to do this record. I wasn't sure at first, you know, because he already had the deal, um, and I was like, well, am I going to sing a couple of songs on it or whatever? And, you know, once I... Once we started working together, it was like, no one's doing this. This is mine. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was, it, you know, even in the... Uh, you know, really um, early stages, just the early demos, the stuff sounded really good. Talk about the first time you guys both came together because it wasn't to put the band back together. You guys no, originally came gig. together. We did a charity gig in, in Vegas, Toys for Tots. It was a Christmas time and hadn't seen each other in 15 years. And um, uh, he'd agreed to do it. You were playing with Rudy Zazo at the time, weren't mm -hmm. you? Uh, it was Gunzo. Gunzo. Gunzo uh, and he was still, you were still doing the, uh, the Rock Vault thing at that point? I think so. It was around yeah, that yeah. around that time, uh, and and then uh, Jason, the guy who put it together, called me and said, "Tracy's doing the uh, the vault, uh, not the vault, the uh, the vamped. Uh, do you want to get up and sing a couple of songs? Uh, you know, if it's a charity thing, you can't really say no." Uh, and, and well, you can. Yeah, you can. Phil, you well, can. No, my first my question was, uh, is he getting paid? And he's like, no, he's not. Goes, All right, I'll do it. No. <laughs> I, I got paid. <laughs> oh, wait. He lied. Just broke up right there. <laughs> I, got paid. I got paid. I lied. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you want to, you could say no, yeah, but there no, had to be we, a side of you that felt did, like, you yeah. know, it would be good to see yeah. him again. No, we didn't rehearse. Uh, we didn't even sound check. You know, uh, we knew what songs we were going to do and. And, which uh, which were what? It's over the edge, sex action, never enough. You know the the nuggets. Uh, we always do them, and uh, it was you know we was hey how's it going hi, and then boom we were up on stage, and it's just like that first note, you know the first you know first scream of the over the edge, and it's pff, that's it, it's that's back, it, yeah. it's on, and and yeah, all of a sudden it went up to eleven, and nothing, it, no, no one else makes me do that, you know I can't get, I've worked with some great guitar players, great musicians, but nobody does it like. 
And you, you guys Tyson. had to know, though, that deep down inside, yes, it's a charity gig and all that, but if it went well, you had to know what well, it was yeah, going to spark it did, off. It did go well, and then it yeah. got us talking, and, and I was doing some other stuff, and I said, hey, come you know, jam with some of the things I'm doing, and then we got together, and then he started playing me the new songs, his new ideas, and it was like, that was it. I was sold. We should talk about the rest of the band, too, because yeah. the whole mm, band yeah. is, is killer. Ch Tracy, take that one, man, because, I mean, Michael Grant, who had been playing mm. with the Phil, other version, the, the other version yeah. of the band before you rejoin, mm. uh, everyone figured, well, that, okay, Tracy's back, Michael's gone. But Michael's no. a huge part of what you're doing now, and you give him he a is. huge showcase live, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, when he joined the band, uh, he was the first guy that did his thing. You know what I mean? And, and with what you had re originally yeah, done, yeah, like you know, he wasn't you know wearing a scarf or what you know the stupid shit people do when they try to copy other people. He just went in there and did it, and 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 he just kind of. I don't think he ever learned one of my solos or anything. You know? No, no, he's, <laughs> he's a young Tracy. He's, yeah, he's, he's very you, rebellious. He's you Ten years ago, you right? know, yeah. and and, uh, and and really cool guy, and, and I made friends with him pretty quickly after he had joined the band the first time, you know. And he, he would ask me all the time, hey, man, you're not coming back to L.A. Guns, right? You know, he was he, worried about his gig. Yeah, he was worried about <laughs> his gig, you know. And, and I said, no, I'm not going to do yeah, L.A. Guns again. Yeah. And, and, and I lied. And yeah. um, Again. Again. <laughs> That's Nikki Six. I'm a liar. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we're putting the band together. And, and, and I said, I really want Michael in the band. And, and, and Shane and Johnny, our bass player and drummer, they had been playing with me in my solo band for a couple of years already. And, you know, and we're just very jam heavy in that band. So, like, our, our chemistry is really great. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we can just kind of walk on stage without a set list and just play music. So I figured, well, I'm going to take these guys because I, at that point I couldn't live without Shane and Johnny at all. And, uh, and, I, and I realized how important Michael was to the image of the band, you know, as well as his talent, you know. And uh, I just had a feeling it would work. I didn't know it would work. You know, I had a feeling it would. And the first rehearsal, you know, we played Stairway to Heaven and Michael played the vocal melody on his guitar. And I'm like, this is great, man, you know. And then Phil came in and uh, then we did that hair fest. Oh, yeah, the Hair Nation Festival. We are the greatest hair metal band of all time. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> as, someone, as someone who hates the term hair metal, I just prefer to think you're one of the greatest 80s rock bands of all time. We're hair metal, man. Thank you. I just, yeah. I mean, because, and, and that's the thing, is, is watching you guys... Now and hearing the attack of what you're doing with these songs, the old songs, the new songs mixed together, this lineup of the band, you and Michael up there, this guy right here, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Phil Lewis, it may be one of the most underrated singers. Yeah, let's in rock not forget history. that. I mean, because what? Yeah. And I, I'm not just saying that. It, it, it took some time. It's crazy <laughs> hey, what this guy... It, it took a while. Everybody. It took a while. But it, yeah, thank it, you very much. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, the, there's, vocally, it's stunning what you're doing up there thank on you, top man. of what the, the power you. coming off of the instruments and what these guys are playing. So it, it's that, very inspiring, you know. It, 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 I really look forward to shows. And, and it's like in the old days, I didn't so much, you know. It's just kind of like what we did, our job. But now I really look forward. A couple of hours before we go on, it's like, yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you this, too, because we never, I never really got this story. Uh, knowing L.A. Guns from the beginning, from the very first record, and remembering when that first record came out, I, I had known you, Phil, because you were in a band 
with Phil Collin of Def Leppard called Girl that released right. two albums. Yeah. And I like both of those records a lot. You actually, you, uh, L.A. Guns did Hollywood Tees, yeah, which was originally that, a girl. When I first joined, yeah. That I just think we're girl. Tracy already, uh, he learned it. <laughs> Tracy, were you a fan of Girl? Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So, so I'm wondering yeah. how a guy from England singing in Girl... Tracy Guns here. Yeah, no, it's amazing. The record LA. was never released in America, and it's, it's great. How and did we, how did I come yeah. to that conclusion? Where, where did and where did it where did it where did you guys come together? Okay, initially, Izzy lived with me at my mom's house. Izzy no, Stradlin. Izzy Stradlin, and he turned me on to Hanoi Rocks and Girl and Japan and stuff like that. Stuff that wasn't so metal, you know what I mean at the time. And uh, we both had agreed that Phil was the greatest next singer. That was ever going to happen. You know, we were teenagers and we were just like, we were in love with this guy. You know, he had the, the look and his, uh, the tone and the phrasing was different than anybody else that was putting out records at that time. And so what happened was, is um, the singer that we had at the time, we had our record deal and we went to the final meeting and uh, he did a big old heroin nod when the guy asked him a question. We lost our deal. Well, hold on. You, L.A. Guns, as, as L.A. Guns, you had a deal. And you, you had, had a, a different singer. Just about to sign the deal. Just about to sign the deal. <laughs> going like in, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and, uh, and, and your and, singer and, had some heroin episode? He, he, he OD'd. He passed out. He, he passed, passed out. out at the contract yeah, at signing? At the contract yeah. signing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, I, I think I was, I was 19 years old. Yeah. I didn't even know, you know, yeah. you know what... Heroin. I mean, I knew that. Can you can we can you say who that was, or you prefer not to? Pre who you know the guys? He, 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 did he go ever go on to do anything? No, not really. No. <laughs> no. Okay, no. you'll tell me off the air then. Yeah, he, he, you know, the problem with junkies is if they're not rich, they can't afford to do it and have a normal life. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the downfall. And was that label Polygram who you ended it up was, signing it with? Was. It, it was a big deal. So, so it was deal. the same label you ultimately ended up yes, signing with. Okay, so the singer in the band about to be signed literally. ODs. He doesn't yeah. OD. Yeah. He yeah. just he, he just he nods falls out. Asleep. You know, nods yeah. out as yeah. he's about to yeah. sign yeah. his yeah. his yeah. record deal. Yeah. And then what happens? And then I walk downstairs with our manager, and it he was goes, over. And he goes, goes, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I still didn't know it was heroin. You know, yeah. we walk downstairs. I go, well, what's wrong with him? <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah. You know, yeah, what's wrong with him? And uh, he goes, he, he does heroin. And I'm like, no, yeah, come on. Nobody actually does that. You know, I'm thinking in my head at the time. Because right, I'd be the same way because I've never done drugs. So I'm, yeah. I'm ignorant to if, if somebody tells me someone's on drugs, they can look at somebody. They're on this. They're on that. I, I don't know what that I means because I've don't. never done it. So I don't know. But so you had no idea what's going on. You just thought he was having a bad day. He was tired. Yeah. I mean, on the but, biggest well, day of his life. Well, well, well yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but see, the thing was, is it was nothing new because he would show up to rehearsal late and tired every time so and, and mick our guitar player at the time he go oh you know he just works really hard you know and, he's, and i just like oh that makes sense because i don't work hard at all so i have energy all the time okay so <laughs> you know so it completely made sense to me that way so anyways we we were lucky we had a welsh manager uh, alan jones who's really our surrogate father still to this day mm -hmm. um and he goes, well, what do you want to do? Who do you want to sing for the band? And I'm like, Robert Plant. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. And I go, I know. I go, do you know, do you know this guy, Phil Lewis? You know? And he goes, I do. You know? And I go, well, that's who I want to sing for the band. And within 10 days, he was in L.A. So, so Polygram was still let me, willing let me, to. Yeah, let me just tell Alan Jones was, uh, he was our manager. But he was, he was a, an amazing character that uh, he owned a, a bunch of, like when Melrose was really swinging. Like in, in the mid to late 80s, 
he had about he had four or five stores. Melrose in L.A. Uh, Melrose, the street. yeah, Mel, right. Melrose Avenue, big shopping and, street and for it, people that and, don't know. And it was like you know, it was it was more than shopping. It was a whole scene. It was right. the whole Hollywood scene right there. And he was just king of it. And uh, he 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 signed. He's, he he wanted. He managed the band. Uh, actually, Mick worked for him originally. Mm-hmm. That's right. And. Uh, Alan ended up firing him because he, the whole time he was working on L.A. Gun stuff. And he's like, why, why am I paying you? And he's just like, so, uh, uh, so Mick was like, fair enough, you can fire me. But would you be interested in managing the band? And Alan's like, yeah. right." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he ended up managing the band. And, you know, he, because of his, you know, like he was involved in all like the clothes and the whole Melrose fashion. So I, I kind of knew him from, he was a big deal in London as well. Uh, he also played uh, saxophone yeah, in right. Amen Corner. A- Amen Corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he called me, and, and you know, was it was uh, the timing was absolutely perfect. And he's like, "You want to come?" He was talking about the scene and what was going on. You were in England still at this time, yeah. yeah. And, and the timing was yeah. perfect because at that point, had Phil left to join Def Leppard, and Girl was kind oh, of yeah, falling apart. Yeah, long, long, long after that, I was. Um, you were just playing with Bernie, I yeah. Think. I was in Torme. I was working with Bernie Torme at the time, and that was you know kind of run its course. So the timing was perfect, and Alan was like, "Well, when can you come out?" I said, "Well, tomorrow. Let's do it." And had you been to the because st- Girl never played no, the stage, no, right? No, we did not. No, I mean, I'd been over on visits, on trips, and and stuff, but uh, you know, that was it. That was uh, April first, eighty eighty six, and I never went back. Pretty big leap of faith, though, for a yeah. kid to come from England yeah. to this guy he doesn't know named Tracy Guns. Uh, yeah. But, but you're dangling great, the record yeah. deal at yeah. that well, point, right? Well, you still no, have the deal? No, no we, we didn't the still de- have the deal. No, we lost, yeah, the deal. lost the deal. And we were stupid. We were young. You know, so, like, you know, it's kind of dumb luck, isn't it? You know what I mean? You just kind of, like, think something in your head. It's like, you know, making a building without any foundation. Oh, I just want it to look good, you know, and then eventually it falls down, you know. And that's kind of how we went into it blindly. But it sounded great, and I think it, you know, right away it sounded great, and it, and it sounded different because, you know, I was really, really into Wasp and Motley Crue that day. You know what I mean? Like, whenever L.A. Guns was, like, you know, kind of amalgamating. And, you know, we were in danger of sounding like a typical heavy metal band, probably. You know, I mean, I was very young. I was 17, you know, and, and doing it, you know. And so I was not open-minded at all. You know, but the thing is, is that I had this immense respect for him. And so, like, whatever he was going to bring to the table, I didn't care. It was like, yes, this we, guy didn't, we didn't have awesome. a deal. Uh, it, it took us about yeah. six, eight months uh, before we could get label interested in again. And it ended up being the same label. Right. It, was, it was Bob Scarrow signed us from Polygram. And this time, the signing ceremony went a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Phil did not yeah. out during the big contract signing. <laughs> Phil Lewis, Tracy Guns are here. The album is called The Missing Piece. It's out there right now. It was my t- one of my top albums of last Thank year. It, it was your top yeah, album. It was. Of, it was, of 2016. the other one, yeah. Of 2017, was, yeah, right, because 2017, 2017 was yeah. the strut track, yeah. even though um, I yeah, noted yeah, it was yeah. the year early. So, yeah, we'll take so, yes, that. So, yes, the number one album of 2017 for me was Thank LA you. Guns, The Missing Piece. Me too. And, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And that, there's a, like I said before, I was very sincere about this. There's a lot of these guys, they make new records. You say, yeah, okay, whatever. There's a song or two. It's okay. This record is right up there to me with the records you've made in the past. It's, it's of that quality, if not more, and it's, it's an amazing record. So Thanks. Thanks. everybody check it out if you haven't listening. Wherever you are, check it out. Let's get a couple questions on before I let you guys get out of here. Uh, we have people in the audience, so who wants to ask a question to Tracy and Phil? I mean, don't be shy now. Jay, come on up, man. You already asked me if I drank. <laughs> Jay with the very cool Draw the Line Aerosmith shirt. Yeah, that's a shirt. Yeah. 1988, Spectrum in Philadelphia. 
opening up for ACDC. Yeah. yeah. You guys were – I saw these guys. They're, they're going down the back – in the backstage on skateboards and all wanged up because you went to Zipperhead right. and bought all your next clothes for your next tour, yeah, right? right. Yeah, yeah. That's my memory. I, I even remember that. I, I don't know. remember anything. <laughs> you were like young, young shitheads like Those us. arenas are great for skates, you know. Right? Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I did that. I think I skated all the way through Vampire. Yeah, no, right? amazing. It was Hold great. You, Guys were connected. We love yeah, it. Thank you. You though, skateboarded yeah. through the arenas yeah. on the ACDC team? Well, yeah, the I mean, on all of them because... Because I grew up in California, so, you know, BMX, surfing, skateboarding. So when we left L.A., you know, I, the very first tour, I found where every skate park was on the tour, you know, so I'd have something to do during the day. You know, we didn't have, you know, the personal rectangles that we have today. Right. So um, I, I skated a lot and, until I was 40, and, and I tweaked my wrist and... My, and that was it. You skateboard as well, Phil? I was rollerblading, actually. It, it was. was just, it was just something to do. You know, we had hours to kill, and I'd just go around and around these arenas. And yeah. it, was, it was a lot was, of fun. Was the first L.A. Guns tour opening for ACDC? Uh, Some of it, yeah. The very, I mean, the very first thing we did was, was Ted, Nugent. Ted Nugent. Yeah. Really? And then Cheap yeah. Trick. Yeah. And then, and then we were miserable because after Cheap Trick... Oh, no, this is what happened. Okay, Cheap Trick. And then all of a sudden, Cheap Trick was ending... And we didn't know what was going to go on. And literally, like two weeks later, we were on the ACDC tour. You know, it just happened. It, it happened really fast. But at the end of that, um, I think we did that for three weeks, that one. And we ended up in a club in Florida. Like, you know, we did the ACDC tour, arena tour. And then we had the reality day, you know. Pensacola. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And, yeah. and we were playing with a band that <clears throat> was... That, they had put on tour with us that we had never met, we never heard of, called Saving Abel, or, or was it the other ones, the brothers? I don't know. But, you know they were cool. And um, we got there, and as soon as we walked in, uh, Guns N' Roses pulled off the Maiden tour and suggested us, and we got the tour. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we never had to do that gig. It was like, it's like, wow, maybe there is. Wait, so, you yeah, so open? we did a, we opened for them, and, and, and it was in uh, New Mexico. Uh, was it Santa Fe? And uh, it, it didn't go well at all. Iron Maiden. Are oh, you Ma open yeah. for Iron Maiden? Yeah, but, after and, but, but they were waiting for they they wanted Guns N' Roses, and, and we uh -huh. came in last minute for some reasons. GNR pulled off, and and they were not happy about it. No, <laughs> I'm doing like this this thing. I'm doing this thing, and we're playing like a huge rodeo arena because yeah. it was a dirt floor. I remember. I think it it, it was in Texas, and uh, you know I'm. Doing my thing, I'm like, I'm Jimi Hendrix, man. I'm such a badass, and I quietly hear, "Made it, yeah." Made no. it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Oh man, I felt like Napoleon Dynamite." You know, like, Gosh, yeah, yeah, that was a brutal tour. The Maiden Steve tour. Harris is on the ship. If yeah. you want to try to see yeah. if he remembers any of that, yeah. you know, oh, he doesn't have time for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and ACDC, you went down. I, I would imagine, Twice, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah and that yeah, was yeah. good. You know, uh, the great thing about ACDC is that all their their stage production it came up from underground. So uh, when we were playing, all the stuff was underground. So we set up everything. We had the whole stage. It was huge, huge arena, yeah. stadium stages, and we could run around like the Rolling Stones. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty great. And what about playing with Uncle Ted? Because I'm sure at, at that point, Ted was in his MTV yeah, era, right? Yeah, he was doing good. You know, I toured with Ted and girls, so he knew me. We knew each other. And uh -huh. he's like, not you again. And I was like, <laughs> imagine that, small world. And he's really, I mean, I, you know, I don't know about, you know, he doesn't have very good press, but whatever. But he's a nice guy. He's always yeah. been oh, yeah. nice. 
nice yeah. to me and I'm absolutely and, you know generous and friendly I, I don't get it you know I don't care about the politics me but, neither I've you know, said that all the time he's, yeah. he's a great musician he always puts on a great show yep. when he first went in Girl when we opened for him he, he'd do the whole thing with the loincloth and he'd swing on stage like Tarzan literally <laughs> at the beginning of every show he was a maniac yeah, I agree with you on Ted. I think people forget what a great player and yeah. how many great songs and musicians and what the, the politics. If you're down yeah. with it, fine. If you're okay, not, fine. No. But I'm about when we had when we had Ted on that metal show, man. People went crazy. Like I had half the half of the audience in the emails I got was the greatest episode you guys yeah. ever did, and the other half is like, "Fuck you! I'm never watching you oh. again." The rest of your life. And I was like, "All we did was talk about yeah. music yeah. and how much no. all this stuff." I mean, stop with He's that. He's very polarizing, down, man. Yeah, Divisiveness. Yeah. Anybody yeah. else? a question for Phil or Tracy before we let them get out of here and, and, uh, ever, and the guy in the back getting out you just going to get another beer or are you going to come <laughs> ask the question no uh, you go, th- come on up sir yeah all come right. on usually it takes one everybody loosens up and yeah, gets the nerve right. to come up hey guys hi um, you, correct me, you guys started the tour in Vallejo right uh, California? Yeah, I I was one of a few people at that show. It's a Northern Cal is a really It was that theater. That, that, the Empress I, Theater oh, in Vallejo. Show. That was good. Really, well, you guys played fantastic, but yeah. Phil said something at the end that kind of indicated you were a little disappointed with the showing. And I was, he does at I the was, end of every show. He's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it, it wasn't it was it was a rainy Tuesday night. It wasn't very well attended, but you know, you what got did it, you say? Did, I didn't say nothing. He's just, he's joking. Uh, did, we, <laughs> did, did we did we did we play a show like we were playing an arena? Did we did we the kick ass like we couldn't give a, a fuck? Couldn't a care ten. less the whether there's sixty or sixty thousand. But it's the same show. Right. So the the tour is gone. Yes, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, a few more people showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I was well. Listen, I can attest to that. I was at the show at the Culture Room the other day in, in Fort Lauderdale, and the oh, place man, was jam packed, man. Yeah, and the night before yeah. in Tampa. Yeah, I get too. nervous every night now because it's it's so packed. I think I'm going to suffocate. Yeah, really. I really yeah, think that. I'm like, had some good I'm numbers. Like, is, it, is it at least you know a little bit light? No, it's hot in there and it's packed. And you're 52. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and do you feel now that it's been a little while? Like, is the word out that you? Because you know, some people are disconnected. They don't even know uh, anything about anything. Is the word getting out now that you Thanks two to guys you. are yeah, well, back much. together yeah, and doing your yeah, thing? Yeah, you yeah. know, um, um, people are really complimentary. They come up to me. They're so glad you guys are back together again. And yeah. Yeah. Most people know about it, and uh, we've sort of moved on from the reunion thing. Now this is the missing piece. That's what mm-hmm. we're focusing on. You know, it's it's a sort of a given that it's a reunion. We're, we're, we're lucky as hell, man. That's all I can yes, say. Yes, we are. I, I can't believe it's we going certainly on right are. Now. It's great. And just uh, just in wrapping up, what's the future? Just staying out on the road? You going out of the country? Some you yeah, said before. You know, and we're already thinking about new record. You know, new songs coming. I've already up with written ideas, all the music and, for the new. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's we're keeping yeah. busy. Yeah, good. Well, well, the thing is, is you know, I, I you know, I could probably only do this for fifteen more years. Phil's going to live to one hundred and twenty, so you know, he's going to have to replace me eventually. Um, so you know, I'm always an album ahead. Right? Why now. do you say you can only do it fifteen more years? You think nobody, no, nobody wants to see me in my mid seventies? No, you said you're fifty two. Oh yeah, maybe years, 20, you're 67. maybe twenty more years. You have twenty. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. You know, this is funny because. Real quick, we were on. I was on their bus the other day after the show in, in Fort Lauderdale, and that, that so this is like people wonder what kind of craziness goes on on a bus or backstage these days with these artists. We're sitting there talking about our mortality, how much longer we all have to live, 
uh, who, what meds, what cholesterol medicine, who does this, that's that's Not good. me. I the, talk this, about this, that. this guy is You're no. a vampire. I, I but Phil is, Phil's the opposite. You know, Phil's just the, like, the, age is a number. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, but when you look people, like Phil at his no, age and no, you can no, still no, sing no, like no, that. It's, it's in your head, man. It's all in your head, you know. It's just like. Don't, it's always been in my head. That's the problem. <laughs> don't count. Don't count. And, and you know, as, as far as mortality goes, you know, there are people dying in their 20s, you know, 27, right. 28, you know, just Wait. The, the, the two necessarily don't have to go hand in hand. Here's a different perspective. So, you know, I collect guitars, right? Now when I buy a guitar, mm-hmm. I try to figure out how old it's going to be when I die. <laughs> <laughs> I used Very to buy good. guitars based on, oh, yeah, yeah, this is vintage now. Okay, yeah, cool. what I was I doing it. when it was made? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How old am I? Yeah, it's a good one. Truth. Yeah, no, Truth. it's like, not. Because, you know, I just got that 60, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, if I can make it another 30, this thing is going to be How much is going to be worth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tracy ponders that. He takes another yeah. drag on a yeah. cigarette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't smoke, you son of a bitch. Hey, consistency, man. Yeah, right. I just stay consistent. Yeah. All right, well, we want you around. That's all I'm saying, because m- the music these guys are making now, is the best is as good if not better than anything they've done and live wait until you see him if you haven't yet on the ship yeah and, we'll uh, see you tomorrow 10.45 on the ship and everybody everybody the, listening the around theater. America and Canada yeah, yeah, that aren't yeah, on the ship yeah. they'll see you, uh, we'll see you around the, yeah. LAguns.com right there's a way to place to find LAguns music LAguns music yeah LAguns.com belongs to some Russian guy he bought it 20 years ago yeah. and he wants me to give him 10 grand and I'm like Dude, what are you going to do with it? Get 10 grand from you eventually. It's yeah. Like, no, you're not. So. All right. So, so that's it. Well, my thanks to Michael Grant and, well, no, Michael Grant's coming up. My thanks to Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis and, of course, the great live audience we had there on Sirius XM volume for my live broadcast from the Monsters of Rock Cruise. And, of course, thanks to everybody on board the Monsters of Rock Cruise for coming out and all the great support. So I want to transition now into our next interview, which is connected to this. I told the story at the top of the podcast. Michael Grant, the band's newer guitar player, much younger guy, uh, still a member of L.A. Guns, complimenting Tracy Guns. His story is really fascinating. I encourage you to have a listen. This happened a day or two after the interview you just heard, but still on board the Monsters of Rock cruise. Michael Grant now from L.A. Guns on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Good to see you, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hi, guys. And and your story is interesting, man, because like I said, I was telling you earlier, we were having lunch at the buffet, and I, I always knew you. I knew... I was talking to Tracy about this the other day. You were in the non-Tracy version of L.A. Yeah, Guns. Yeah, for like four years. Right. You were yeah. you were Tracy's replacement for Phil, basically. Exactly. And it was just me on guitar. Like, Phil played, he jangled on guitar a little bit. But for the most part, you know, I try to always, like, even back then, I was like, hey, man, why don't you just sing? You know, I'll I'll, I'll take care of the guitar. He's like, oh, well, I like to play guitar because, you know, I feel naked without it. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> When you spend enough time with the dude, you could sound just like him. Yeah. Um, and he was so, just like, so. Did you did you think that I, I would imagine you thought that once he and Tracy started talking again and the writing was on the wall that Tracy was going to come back that you might be out of a gig? I thought definitely I was out of a gig. <laughs> I was going to bartending school. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be a bartender, you know. 
but you and Tracy had actually been communicating. You were his replacement. You were in this warring version of the band right. from a lot of people's uh, viewpoint. But you, he had actually embraced you. I mean, he, he, he said this on the air with me more than one time. He was a fan. He liked your interpretation of the songs he did. Yeah. And, and then I guess that helped in him saying, no, stick around. You know, we want you in. You know, I guess being a little rebel like that, it helped me out in a way. When the, the previous lineup of L.A. Gun, I specifically told him, uh, mostly because I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up listening to L.A. Guns. You're younger than the other guys by yeah. a good 20, 25 years. Right. You're, you're in your mid-30s. So I grew up listening to different shit. So when people... Ooh. You can say that. Oh, I can yeah, say yeah. shit? Yeah. Because I got charged a lot of money on the radio one day. No, no, no. You're good here. This is satellite radio. You're good. Okay, yeah. Fucking A, man. Yeah, That's awesome. you're all good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, you um, were telling me you grew up in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to, again, and I'm jumping around a little just because I want to get your story out because we have limited time. But you, you, you grew up in New York City. Born in, I was born in Queens, and uh, I was kind of my coastal by the time I was uh, 10 because uh, I had my mom's side of the family is all in California, and my dad's side of the family is all in New York. So just like this bi-coastal baby. When I was in junior high, I got expelled from the eighth grade uh, for selling drugs, and this kid ratted me out. And, you know, they called me on an intercom one day at school and they were like, you know, well, Michael Grant, please come to the office. And uh, I knew I wasn't getting a medal. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to the office and the kid that I sold some weed to, he was like. When you say selling drugs, was it just weed or were you into heavier stuff? No, it was just Just weed. weed. At that time, I mean. That's barely a drug anymore now. Yeah, exactly. At that time, yeah. I was just an entrepreneur, you know, like. (laughs) You were ahead of the curve. I come from an impoverished (laughs) family. I mean, we lived in the fucking projects in Queens. So, like, you know, you had to have a a side hustle to kind of help out. And, you know, although it was in agreement with my parents or anything like that, at least, you know, I could like, oh, you don't have to worry about my lunch, Ma. I got it. Right, right. So, you know. Because it is true. You're not being funny. I mean, you you literally grew up extremely poor. Extremely poor, yeah. 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 So then you get busted for doing the drugs and your, your family exports you to the Philippines. I get expelled from school naturally and uh my mom sends me to philippines for boot camp because your mom is from there because uh my my dad and my my, my, both of them are filipino my mom is filipino and japanese so if you ever figure you're trying to figure out my mix there you go okay so so you get you go to philippines at 11 i go to philippines and then what happens this is great uh i go to the mall one day it's this place called mega mall in manila and there's an ice skating rink on the bottom floor and i you know i'm i'm going real talk i'm just going ice skating and this, you know, this gay talent scout comes up and he's, you know, he's all like touchy feely and fruity. And and he's just like, oh, you know, have, are you who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just got expelled. I'm an 11 year old. <laughs> I'm an 11 year old. Right. And, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, I end up uh, doing like feature films and stuff like child star, like kind of like gay ass glee shit. And like, I mean, I'm 11. What do you expect? You know, because you, when we were in the. Uh in the buffet, uh, the reason why this came up is you were talking to somebody in a foreign language who was working, a, a worker so, on the ship. I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the entire crew is Filipino. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, naturally, I have a rapport with them when I start speaking the language with them because I'm fluent. And, um, and one guy recognized me and he, he was like, 
oh my god i remember i remember you i remember you from this movie i won't say it you probably had to do some research to find it <laughs> so wait um, so cuz he he recognized you as an actor yeah. as a kid in a filipino hit movie yeah and that shocked that shocked me that's why we were talking like we were all riffing cuz i'm sure to you it sounded like bah, 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 bah. Yeah, right that's why i said what the hell are you talking about i not i was like dude he recognized me, he recognized me and it like and i couldn't believe it cuz you know i had a hat on i had shades on you know, I look like a stormtrooper or something like that. Like, <laughs> and he was, you know, it was kind of like a uh, Eddie Murphy coming to America moment where the dude was like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, I saw the guy. Zabunda. He's, what, was your, what was the name of your character? You don't want to say it. Is it Zabunda? No, no, my character in the movie? Yeah, that he recognized you as. Oh, no. Uh, it was actually it was, uh, my actual name. Which okay. I don't right, like to really All right, lose. don't worry about it. It's okay. I thought <laughs> because wait, then you, wait, I'm going to be. Oh wait, wait. So blast. he knew you. He knew you by your real name. Yeah, and that's what he referred to you uh -huh. as. But he didn't call you as the character you played in the film. No, no, he recognized he, you. He from. called me my name because I, I I did like uh, uh, three films, uh, major motion picture films over there, and uh, you know they they had some impact, and he just was like he kept on looking at me while I was grabbing some ham. <laughs> I was grabbing ham, and then um, and then I think what gave it away is I said thank you in Filipino. I was like, "Oh, salamat pare, oh, sige ingat." And he was like, "Then the then the, the the lady comes and she's she's doing like a spy eye on me, and and then they kind of I think they kind of put it together, put it together, right? And then they said the name, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Right, right. I'm out. I'm I was like, "Keep outed. it low, girl. Keep it low. Don't be telling them, man. These white folks don't know." Yeah. I'm just I'm just the badass young hotshot guitar player in LA Guns. They don't know me for anything else here. So so and that's interesting because you end up going there to get straightened out. You become a star, and right. then and then that actually enables you to get the bug for music and actually buy a guitar and chase music. Is that correct? correct? And also support my family for like two three years. Right. So and the, and you were telling me the the game changing sort of record band for you. Uh, that set you on your path for rock was Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, 100%. That was without, like the last band that I like really obsessed about where you like you go crazy and you got the posters and the box sets and like you're analyzing lyrics and you're asking other motherfuckers like, what does this song mean to you? What does this song mean to you? Like, what does this lyric mean? I was very just like, and it's been a while since another band came and did that to me. Like, you know, right. besides like Prince, Michael Jackson, like, you know, other influences like that. Speaking of Prince, if you go see L.A. Guns, Michael has a solo spot in the show. And I, th and I said to Tracy this the other day, it's incredibly cool that they really let you shine in this. This could have easily been Tracy Guns and just pushed you to the back. But they're letting, you, they're letting you play some guitar up there. They're giving you a solo moment where you do Purple Rain on your own out yeah. there. It's really very and cool. And I actually listened to the show uh, that he did in New York with you guys. And, man, what he said about me, I was just like, I think... I was just so touched, to yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. I was listening to it. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, just, just to, to finish off your story in the Reader's Digest version, you, so then you, you get into music, you start playing, you start writing, you start singing, and all these things that you're doing. And then the first band that you did, was it End After? End Ever after. after? Yeah. So that was here in America, that obviously. was here in America. When did you come back from the Philippines? I came back from the Philippines, actually, in the late 90s, like 99 Okay. Something like that. And then you start, did you, is that when you start to make a run at being a musician? Yeah, but like locally, you know, I had like little local bands. It wasn't until, you know, uh, I lived in California, moved to LA and started Endeavor After. Well, I started Endeavor After in Sacramento. 
But once that took off, we, we relocated to L.A. Shit started to pop off, you know, and that's where it all kind of started. And that's how I, you know, that's how I got on the Motley Cruise. That's how I got on, you know, we played Ship Rocked at the time. We did, like, some of those first rock cruises right. way back in, like, 2007, 2006. Right. Now, is that band done? That band is, is pretty done. I got another band called The Assassins I'm working on, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And who's in that? So far, me uh, and a, a, probably some kids you don't, you don't really know. And what kind honest. of band is it? Is it going to be heavy rock? Or it's going to be heavy rock uh, mixed in with some other influences of mine. You know, I have a very eclectic array of, of different influences that I just kind of, you know, the music that I feel is missing is the music I feel I'm making. Well, my thanks to Michael Grant for joining me here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Like I said, a phenomenal story, and I'm glad I gave uh, Michael a few minutes, got a chance to get a little bit of it out for you here, uh, both on my radio show and now here on the podcast as well. And again, earlier, Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. Appreciate them dropping by as well. Hope you enjoyed this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. And again, check out the band's new album. Check them out on tour coming to a town near you. Just check the website for dates. As I mentioned earlier, uh, next thing for them, I'll be hosting a show with them in Tulsa on April 13th at the IDL Ballroom. Appreciate you guys listening each and every week. The Eddie Trunk Podcast is new on Thursdays at podcastone.com and iTunes. Katie Irizarry is the producer. Don't forget, shop, or I'm sorry, uh, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Anytime you're shopping on Amazon, EddieTrunk.com is my website. Mentioned all the cool things going on there. And you can also follow on social media, and I hope you do, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Legends of Sport with Andrew D. Bernstein. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame photographer has hit the podcasting scene. Each Tuesday starting February 27th, Andy and co-host Jonas Wadler will chat with some of the world's most prestigious athletes of all time. Enjoy stories from life behind the scenes with the most decorated sports photographer in the business. Make sure to subscribe to Legends of Sport with Andrew D. Bernstein. Beginning Tuesday, February 27th, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the brand new Podcast one app. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. 
you can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.